Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. And today we're going to be talking about selling through Europe. There's so much opportunity in Europe, so many hungry buyers ready to buy your products. And so today we are going to talk all things Europe with our guest today, Anton. Anton, welcome to the show today. What an energetic intro. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited after this <laughs> after this uh, words. Thank you very much. Well, hopefully we can maintain that through uh, through we the will. episode. Um, yeah, it's great to have you on. I know a little bit about you from just obviously doing a little bit of research before the episode. We were introduced by a good friend, um, but I'm excited to hear more about you, what you do and your expertise, particularly in the, the area of, of selling in Europe. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners will be based in Europe and, and uh, want the idea of you know selling in multiple marketplaces. It's something we're big believers in uh, at Brand Build University. So um, before we dive into all of the specifics of that, why don't you give us a bit of background info on yourself? You're origin story, uh, how you kind of got into the world of e-commerce and uh, catch us up to where you're at today. I would love to. Thank you very much. So my name is Anton Hermann. I'm um, German or I'm at least uh, here in Germany since 27 years. I'm born in the Soviet Union, came here with my parents as original Germans living there, moved here um, to be like Russian Germans in here. So everywhere a foreigner. Um, anyhow, I was um, always into uh, mathematics and physics. So I started st um, um, studying mechanical engineering after my my degree or school degree and I actually finished the bachelor's degree it was not mechanical engineering it was automotive engineering because I'm actually located in Stuttgart it's like Benstown as Snoop Dogg would call it or Porsche town so here's basically the the brain of the mechanical and uh, mechanical and automotive industry of Germany yes. and um, after my bachelor's degree I still wanted to to, to make my mother proud so to speak and I also uh, went to my master uh, in mechanical engineering. So I switched um, to product development and construction te te techniques. And while my studies, I was uh, already working for Bosch. You might know Bosch for the power tools. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's also here. So that's a very, very uh, good place for that kind of stuff. Um, but in this days or in, in, in during my work, I experienced that this is not the thing for the rest of my life. The guy next to me was like 60 something. Thing, and he was doing exactly the same job as I did and I was like no I'm not sitting here for 40 more years to do exactly the same what the others are doing so I tried to discover new business opportunities I always wanted to have my own thing so I knew it from from the childhood already that I will do that and I came to Amazon I heard about it first time, like Amazon FBA, I heard about it first time in 2015 or so. And in 2016, I actually started during my studies, during my master's uh, degree. And I was selling my first product in the end of 2016 on, under my own brand. Planet Bumble was it called. It's not running anymore because I switched my focus. We will see what what, what I mean with this afterwards. Yeah. Um, but um, it worked much better. It worked out much better than I ever could expect. So I, I ordered the first charge in China with my bamboo toothbrushes and I was selling this 2,000 pieces in, I don't know, two months or so. And I was like totally impressed what going on i told about this project to my uh, i told my friends about this project and current co-founders um dimi and manuel and they did the same and one year later we just said hey why not combining our forces and do a common thing 
and that's what we did one year later. And I was basically the mechanical engineer in the team for product development and also much into a lot into Amazon because I started with this and Amazon marketing, PPC and all that stuff. Um, my other friend um, and co-founding colleague um, today responsible for finance and everything was the um, finance guy basically or economics guy and the third guy uh, Dimitrios he was a software engineer not fitting at all to some e-commerce project but um, that's that's how it was uh, it was even more successful because we had experience and we raised some money from friends and fools <laughs> so to speak <laughs> or friends and family and um, so we built up five more brands on Amazon and then we had the idea in 2017 something like that in the end of 2017 to to do more than just selling stuff on Amazon so we were thinking about building a big brand out of the brands we already started on Amazon, you cannot call yeah. it something a brand if it's only on Amazon, in my humble opinion. Um, so that was option one. Option two was why we're not building up a service combined with a tool. And we looked into our competences in the team. We had a software engineer <laughs> and he yeah, said yeah. like, okay, but we had nobody for marketing, like the real marketing students, um, creative stuff. So we said like, okay, let's go for a tool. And that's what we did in 2018 but i don't want to have a monologue so I, you can <laughs> i will just play the yeah. ball back to you sorry ben for <laughs> speaking that much yeah no no it's good man it's good i like to hear because i, I think um of course we want to talk about building brands and e-commerce but i think understanding how e uh, how entrepreneurs got to where they are yeah. uh everybody listening to this podcast is going to be an entrepreneur so if it's not specifically uh you know e-commerce or you know if it's your story i think it's still really really helpful so um so the what what you're doing now is called space goats right it is called space goats yes what well, firstly where where's that name come from there is an official and unofficial story unofficial story only with a beer in my hand and the official <laughs> the official story um is that um, we call our customers goats Okay, because goats okay. has two meanings. So, you know, the goats, the animals, which are always climbing up the, the mountains, you know, the pictures That's, which yeah. are standing mm -hmm. there. So they all, always want to get up. And goat is all, also, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, greatest of all time. So it's, it was a, so it's a good match. So we call our customers goats because oh, they... Sorry. That's going to be really controversial. So you're saying Ronaldo, not Messi? Yeah, of course I do. And I, I knew that it would be controversial because I'm the uh, Ronaldo fan. But we will see. We are no, right now in Qatar, blah, blah, blah. So we have the opportunity to see Ronaldo and Messi in the final in their last tournament playing for the That's World Cup. That's what I think is going to happen. I would yeah, love I it. I, I would love it. I would just love it. And then we will see who who's the god. Anyhow, um, so, so we, um, our customers are the guys which always want to climb up and we give them the space to do so and together we are the space god that's the so good absolutely love it maybe one day we'll get that beer in your hand and find out the yep. unofficial story sure um sure. sounds good good stuff so um what kind of stuff do you specialize in give us a bit of a rundown on what what specifically yep. you do so in one sentence what we do is we sell other companies and brands products through our amazon account all over europe plus uk 
plus since a couple of weeks the USA without our customers need to have their own Amazon account, their own VT infrastructure, um, any competences in product compliance, translations, and so on and so forth. And it's a modular solution. So whatever competences and skills you bring on the table, you can keep and you can book the rest, what you don't have in your team from us. So basically you can go from, I just need your distribution network, like VAT infrastructure and so on. Uh, with, and I do the marketing, everything myself, or here's my product. I would love you to sell my product all over the world and we will do it for you in a full service. So basically we cover all this back by ourselves. So would it be different to the whole, like you're obviously more than just, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but it's more than just wholesaling from these clients. That's, doing more that's of... more than, yeah, that is more than just wholesaling. Um, we, we provide our, so we can lease our distribution infrastructure, our Amazon account, mm -hmm. our compliance infrastructure, all this uh, registrations and so on and so forth to our customers mm -hmm. and they could yeah. run their business themselves just leasing this infrastructure by and now comes the clue by using our software to run the business so yeah. of course we cannot give everybody access to our amazon account data protection mm -hmm. gdpr whatever so we built a platform where they can log in see their sales can run their ppc campaigns can add their PP edit their ppc campaigns upload products book other services and so on so it's not exclusive wholesale uh, nothing like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds far more complicated. Yeah, um, unfortunately, you, yeah. So, yeah, you're running this through all through one Amazon account? Yes, and then through two in USA, we have a second one. So two Amazon accounts. Jeez, that's yep. like, that would give me some sleepless nights. No, it's okay. It's okay. The bigger your account is, then lower the probability that something goes wrong. And as, and, sure. and as we have the control about the, I would say, critical stuff like customer communication and product compliance, mm -hmm. like the main issues to get an account blocked, we have the control about what is going on over there. And we are pretty strict. On, on the other hand, we, have, we are paying tons of money to Amazon for a super good... Um, yeah, you maybe you know the Amazon 360 program where we have to, like a personal consultant where you can uh, where you have like an escalation hotline if something goes wrong and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it's the bigger the company is, the lower the lower the risk, and the more you t take care of your stuff, then the lower yeah. the risk. So nice. so far, no second <laughs> our Amazon <laughs> account was in danger at all. <laughs> Are you able to share about the like the volume that's going through those accounts? Yes. So last year um, we made like twenty uh, million on this account, so eight, yeah. eight, eight eight figures, and we are doing this officially since two thousand nineteen. So I guess nice, nice. Yeah. And so let's talk about Europe then. How yeah. much of this is going through Europe? Uh, almost all, almost everything. We just started with USA with one test customer, so just forget this revenues in the USA. Mm -hmm. Almost all the revenue is in Europe. Yeah. So there was, you know, a few different trains of thought. Some people think that, you know, the golden days of selling into Europe on Amazon are over. Uh, you know, would you disagree with that? Obviously, you're getting lots of revenue from there. If someone's just starting out now, is, is Europe still a viable option for them? Europe is still a viable option if you have the, uh, a good uh, supply chain and if you have good uh, purchasing prices. So the competition is, of course, bigger than it was years years ago um yeah. but um 
the market itself is also bigger. So Amazon is still growing in Europe and there are different, Europe is not, for the Americans here, Europe is not one country. It would be nice <laughs> if we would have the United States of Europe, but we don't have. So we have, we have um, Germany as I would say the bull, bull uh, country. It's like the biggest in Europe beside UK, of course. They are, it's still bigger than UK, but, um, uh, but not too much. But we have also the other European marketplaces like France, Italy, Spain, um, Ned now Netherlands, Poland, Sweden, and since a couple of months also Belgium. So Amazon is coming up with new marketplaces, new marketplace opportunities, investing heavily in growing that marketplaces and getting rid of their competitors. And that's where we can like benefit from, from the marketing and uh, power of the brand of Amazon. So I think you can do stuff, uh, but it's tougher than it was in the past. So this typical I, i'm like my bamboo toothbrush example i just order oem stuff from china and put my brand on it and that's it i think that's that's not very sustainable but if you come up with like new product ideas develop your own like odm you develop your own product with good margins maybe higher price products then you're still good to go uh, also in europe uh, of those marketplaces, obviously a lot of people are familiar with Germany, Spain, Italy, France. Yep. You mentioned obviously some newer ones, Netherlands, Belgium, Sweden. Of those, which are the ones that are, are growing, are strong? Would you recommend people getting into? So um, I would say they are all not too much compared to Germany yet. But the growth numbers, for example, France is growing much faster, much faster than Germany. So France still is a good opportunity to, to get into because the competition is much lower uh, and the, uh, the the growth is much higher. But let's talk about the smaller marketplaces. I would say Netherlands and Sweden are super interesting for the start um, because Netherlands and Sweden they have a big high, high purchasing power so they're rich people living there so uh, mm. and they're super digital in their mind so they especially the swedens they they really love digital products and they're really into e-commerce and the growth there is pretty pretty strong but still of course mm. you cannot compare this revenues with germany yet but if we invest in the sustainable business we should keep that in mind i think is it still much of a first mover advantage? Because I know when I started selling in particularly Germany, you know, it was back in the days when uh, there was no review sharing. So if you got to that market earlier and you built up some review, a review yep. note, note um, you know, you, you had the early mover advantage. But now since there are, you know, review sharing, is there still much of an early mover advantage? You have, um, this is a big advantage in my opinion, because you can scale to what you said, like the review sharing, because you, you, you were generating reviews on your home marketplace and you, they were displayed on the other marketplaces as well. Um, so I think it's more an advantage, the review sharing, but uh, about the first mover advantage. Um, you're building rankings, right, on specific mm. keywords. And this rankings, yeah. uh, then longer, then longer the history is, then longer you perform well on that keywords, then stronger is your, then stronger you are set on this specific um, places. So uh, the first move at watch might be less than it was back in the days, but still, uh, because of this rankings, uh, you can you can um, have this advantage from Yeah, so you, you got my yeah. point, I think. Okay. Sure. Yeah, no, that's good. 
Um, and in terms of ranking for keywords, launching products similar to the US, the UK, it's just about volume on specific keywords, and then you're going to position position well. Exactly. That's that, that, that's the same. That's the same um, fun, um, same setup, the same functionality. But uh, I, yeah. right now we are starting in USA. And it's so much more expensive to launch a product there. It's insane how much products you need, how many rivers you need to generate, how much you have to spend for PPC. You cannot compare it at all with launching a product in Spain or France or not. Let's not even talk about the smaller, the smaller marketplaces. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the launch, the relaunch of the EFN program, has that helped um, people get into Europe at all? I think yes. I think yes. Uh, you mean the the relaunch of the uh, between UK and yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Yep. Of course, it helped from the technical perspective. It is nice. It's not. Uh, it's not good for all. Or it does not work for all products because you know the mm. the thresholds for the customs and one hundred thirty five mm. pounds or something mm. something like yep. that. But still, it it helps. But what a big issue is what Amazon does not tell you because we have to take compliance serious as Space Ghost because mm. it's our account and that's why that's why we are into that compliance thing amazon does not tell you that you have new compliance requirements and it's not like pushing a button and efn is going on you need more to cover before yeah. you can actually do that so yeah 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 uh, per perfect segue into uh compliance stuff um so say for instance for, for me i've got a you know relatively new toy brand that we launched mm -hmm. um a year or so ago and we're just selling in the uk at the moment just about to start looking into the us let's do a bit of a case study i want to get those products into europe uh what's the best route let's workshop it yeah what do i what do i do compliance first i'm always saying it compliance first because <laughs> if your product is not compliant um then amazon will will take it off and it will be even even stricter in the in the future maybe you heard about the, the digital market act which the european union came up with it's like no. it's like they take um the, the bigger marketplaces more into account about what is going on in their marketplaces so amazon is basically responsible if you're selling fake products not compliant products and so on and so forth it means if you have a product which has no ce mark for example then amazon has to take it off otherwise amazon will get in trouble so i would say mm -hmm. compliance first so that's let's to toys perfect example ce so that's that's like the the, the first thing you should cover because ce uh, you have in uk ce logo a uh, ce label and you would need to have it in europe as well it's not super complicated because basically your supplier gives you the ce certification or you can even give it yourself but that's something you you, you need to you need to cover first so is your product compliant do you do you fulfill all the all the requirements for the product the second thing is the brand Okay, you have in the past it was like that. You know, maybe your Oipo it was like the European Brand Authority. Uh, so mm -hmm. you registered your brand once in this at this authority, and then it was a brand. Uh, it was re um, registered for all over Europe. That's not the case anymore. So it means you have a UK brand, and you should you have to get a second brand for the European Union. You don't have to get actually, but then you get the risk that somebody um, just hijacks your brand and will just take it away if you don't, <laughs> if you don't um, protect it. So, so you, c you can't get brand registry with a UK or US 
trademark. You can technically, it is possible, but only technically, yeah. but legally, yeah. you have nothing in your hand if you if you don't um, transfer the yeah. brand to the other marketplace. It's not rocket science. It costs, let's say, thousand bucks or something like that to register a European brand, but you have to do it to do it. But if you did it before the Brexit, if you had a European brand before the Brexit, it was of course relevant. Uh, it was of course, um, um, yeah, how, how, how you call it? Um, you could use it for UK and and uh, Europe because you mm. got a free subs uh, substitution or a, a free duplicate of your trademark into the uk but right. if you did it after the brexit you need to re register it double okay yeah i know because we with another brand we've had issues where we've got a us trademark mm -hmm. we've had loads of hijacker issues in canada mm -hmm. we've got brand registry in canada but because when we try and report an ip violation in canada they request the trademark number and it's a us trademark it doesn't give you the authority so exactly is that exactly the same in europe is uh, it 100 percent yeah Okay. You can use uh, that's the funny part. You can use the features like uh, mm, A plus yeah. and, and brands, brands. Mm. But if somebody something happens, then you don't have anything in your hand to protect yourself. Yeah. Do you uh, use transparency for similar reasons or no? Um, we are about to do it for one customer, um, but we did not uh, try it out yet um because mm. it's also it's it's not not the cost of i don't know five cents six cents per product mm. what is the problem mm. but the <laughs> supply chain um complication mm. yeah. yeah yeah do you do you yeah. use it for your brand yeah we, we have just started to the last few months yeah and you have to get a um a willing supplier because they have to yeah. individually label each unit yeah um and there's no getting around it because each code is unique exactly um so yeah the cost isn't much because they do promotions as well you can almost get it for free you know other than the printing the labels because they do certain promotions and that kind of thing so it's very minimal cost it's just yeah like you say the the logistical challenge but yeah. um for us because that canada issue uh and Can canadian trademarks there's like a three-year wait at the moment it's just ridiculous um and we were having major issues in canada so it was worth it and it's been good and i mm -hmm. would recommend it in certain instances but um yeah if you just want extra protection if you're just selling in one marketplace and you have a trademark you, you know you don't need it but still it helps yeah yeah for sure um cool all right so then product compliance uh trademark anything else to be aware of yes one more thing also in the compliance field um I would say because I have I have it here. I don't want to show the brand, but I have some pro anyhow. I have some b b batteries here. I just ordered them from Amazon um, just for from for my, for my personal usage, uh, and they are not compliant. So <laughs> to make it to make it compliant, I have value presentation only about the common pitfalls how you can um, screw it up to so to speak, and um, I think you should really get into this labeling part and into um and into the responsible person's uh, address part you may you might know this it's not the same as importer of record but you have it in uk i know it because mm -hmm. we are also selling in uk and we have the same in europe the the rule is and many does do not know it at all if you're selling a product in the european union then you need some uh, you need some company liable for the product on the product itself 
if it's possible, or on the packaging, which is liable for this product sitting in this European Union. So as a UK company, you are not even able to do this 100% le legally because you're sitting in UK and UK is not part of the European Union anymore. And um, therefore you need a partner or set up an, an entity in Europe. If you do so, go to the Netherlands. They are cool. They are the capitalists in the Europe, <laughs> in continental Europe. Um, but, but that's something many people do not know. And one little little hint here because there are people like we in, at least in Germany I know it for sure there are people out there which are which you can hire which will block your com com uh, competitors if they don't do it right okay so you, you have 10 competitors you, you hire the guy I don't like this business model at all, but I know they're, they're existing. Um, and they will just order all the 10 products and see everything, check everything, check the labelings here, everything fine. If something is not fine, they have a direct connection to Amazon, they will just block all your listings. So if you do it, do it right. And one, one hint about this, like I didn't know it myself before I was creating this uh, presentation, you have to print this address. It's super nerdy, but you have to print this address on the product itself if it's possible. Not on the packaging. Like, I would say 90% of the sellers which know the rule, or which know the law, they think then it needs to be on the packaging. No, it needs to be on the product itself if it's possible. And now comes, now comes the funny part. If, the, if, if you say it's not possible to print on the packaging and one competitor comes and proves that it is possible because he has it on his product, then you are not then your product is not compliant anymore because it's proven that it's possible to print this address on the product itself and then he can just block your listing. And that's that's why I'm talking so much about product compliance because it's such a huge field and you can many, make so many mistakes uh, about this one. Well, yeah, because that was going to be my question is how do you determine what is and isn't possible? Ooh, yeah, so... <laughs> You can just go for it, okay? But if somebody else proves the, the opposite, then you're mm. then you're wrong. That's that's the point. Mm. So it's it's just about, yeah, who who's doing what, and um, it depends also on the category. I think if you have like the 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 red sea categories or the blue sea categories, where you have like, for example, supplements. For supplements, if you're selling supplements in Europe or anyhow anywhere, I think then everything must be one hundred. 50% correct because they are they are fighting against each other as crazy and mm. yeah so that's yeah. that that's something that's something what is important and um also connected to product compliance i would say the product labeling in different languages is also important um in the past we did not care or nobody cared too much but with the new digital market act you need to have the relevant product information in every language of the target country not the marketplace country if you are exporting to i don't know hungary then you would need to have your, the description which describes the product in Hungary. So you need to translate all the uh, relevant information in all the different languages, but you can also make a paper and put it into the packaging to cover this one. But please be aware of it because um, many ask me, who will find it out? 
your competitors will find it out at some point if you're big enough and you and you have some attention from your competitors they will find it out not amazon is searching for you the competitors are searching for you and then they will blame you in front of amazon so that's also also connected so proper packaging translation and then i i could talk like one hour more about compliance maybe two um so i would say like product compliance super important let's let's make a check mark over here let's go to the let's go to the funny part or to the exciting part uh, the marketing so um translations mm. Mm, you, you have a uk we are talking about uk company which one expand europe right so you that's your re product uh, research you did your keywords research you you wrote this beautiful content beautiful copywriting beautiful title yes. the, yeah. the the worst thing you could do now is to use the translation from Amazon. That's like the worst you could do. I give you one example, one funny example to to yeah to make it a bit more exciting. Yeah. Uh, in German, we have um, the the organic label. You know the organic label of organic products. It's called bio in German. Biologisch. It's like biological. That's that's the word for it in German. I have one customer. Um, he had a product. It was not biological. He said like organic. Organic is not a. It's not like trademark secured or something like that. It's just it's just a word because it comes from organic materials, whatever. Amazon translated biologisch into organic automatically, so it was organic. Like it needs the organic certification, organic label. The product got shut down from Amazon. And now, now comes the bad news forever. We never were able to unlock the product anymore because of one stupid translation, automatic translation from Amazon. It's an edge case. I'm not talking, uh, it was just, just to tell a story what could go wrong. But um, to, to, to get back to the, um, to the, to the real, to, to the reality, um, yeah. please don't use automatic translations. Please don't use translators, which are not familiar with Amazon search engine optimization. And because if you would ask your grandmother to write your listing in British, she's, she's um, British, maybe she's a British language teacher or whatever. She would write a terrible search engine optimized yeah. language uh, listing. Yeah. You can be sure about it. And that's what your translators will do as well if they're not familiar with the Amazon algorithm. So hire some agency. There are a couple out there which actually know the drill and do a keyword research up front. They do a PPC keyword research up front. They give you the search volumes and so on and so forth. Um, so, so, so that's the next part. Um, tr proper translations for the uh, search engine optimized things, uh, um, content. Not for A plus content. Nobody cares about A plus content because it's not search engine optimized. You can use your grandmother to translate <laughs> your products, but please not for the, for the, for, uh, for this one. Um, and then one thing Amazon came up with, I think one year ago, one and a half years ago, it's like localized pictures, localized images. It's a beautiful thing. It's also not search engine um, relevant, but still um, you can you can get something out of this. I tell you why. Maybe you're not familiar with the continental European culture. I mean, the listeners. Here. Um, French people hate speaking English. They hate it. They hate it. Even, the, even if they know, they don't speak to you. It's insane. It's insane. Germans are cool in this regard. So they learn English in school. You can get go to a bakery. They will 
know at least a little bit of English. At least a little bit of English. So Germany is fine. Um, but if you go to uh, France, they, they have just their brother brotherhood problems from the past with the British Empire. So they hate speaking English. Spanish people and Italian people, they just cannot speak English. They would love to. If they w could do that, they would speak to you <laughs> in English, but they are not able to speak English. So if you trans if you have like, in the past it was like, okay, if you're a German seller, do German English, for example, German English uh, wordings on your images. Now you have the opportunity to actually localize your images and please do that. Please use that joker. But to do so, you need a brand registry. So then <laughs> the circle. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how does that work? Because I, I do I remember when I first started selling in Europe and I got all of my listings, translate my images translated, graphically designed them, you know, had it all in Italian. I remember uploaded the images and then I went back to check my UK listing and it's changed all my UK ones into Italian. You are, um, yeah, you're 100% right. That was the case in the past. Now Amazon, I'm looking it up for the uh, proper language. Now Amazon has a feature especially for this one. So if you go on... Uh, the catalog or on, on the um, stock management there you have like one one feature it's called uh, something like localized pictures so there is a feature in 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 the seller center where you can upload right. images per country it was not possible in the past what you explained that always happened it was so so annoying there was also a hack around it you know that you have a different parents in every country um mm -hmm. and you just give the parents the pictures and then um the the, the child's in the different countries will see will display these pictures but then your ppc was not running properly so now they fixed that there is a, a specific feature where you can change the content of yeah. the different countries good yeah good Good. Okay. Um, and you've given us quite a comprehensive sort of rundown there. I feel like we've learned lots about selling on uh, in Europe. Um, is there anything else like, uh, is it worth mentioning like the OPR, the packaging? Um, it's a bit of a pain, that one as well. But. Yeah, I didn't want to talk too much about product compliance, but that's also, of course, that's, 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 that's also something. It's a part of the Digital Markets Act, or at least what came before. Amazon is preparing for it already. So what they did in Germany and in France already in june this year june 22 um yeah. you needed to upload your packaging registration number to the seller central otherwise your uh, your all your listings in these countries would would be like suppressed so you need this number for the different um marketplaces and not every marketplace actually has that issue for example in in Netherlands, they, they don't care if you are selling less than X. So there's a huge quantity you can sell for free. Basically, UK, I think, as well. Um, but Germany, you need to have it from the first sale. And we have a central register where everybody can look up the brand if it has it. Uh, in France, you have it as well. In Spain, too. And in Italy, um, it's, 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 not, not, it's not executed yet, but it will be executed pretty soon. I, I'm 100% yeah. sure that it will happen. And um, yeah. that's one thing, like the packaging registration. The other thing is like the WEEE -E -E thing. It's like um, electronic trash. Basically, when you sell a product, it's the same concept of, as the product, uh, packaging registration. If you're selling stuff in Germany, for example, your stuff is producing trash. 
So, mm -hmm. and somebody needs to pay for that trash. And that's normally the seller who pays for the trash. So, you have the packaging registration, you have to um, pay p per year. It's not expensive, but you have to do it. Um, how many tons of paper you sold and blah, blah, blah for the auto packaging. And you have the same for um, electronic devices. And that's also, that's, uh, also um, required from January 1st, as I remember, in 2020. So next from next year on. So that's also something you have to cover. Then you have like the textile registration is also it also needs to be covered. And you have the battery uh, registration. I don't know the English term for it. But yeah, if you're selling something with a battery, there's a d different mm -hmm. registration, you would need this number as yeah. well and uploaded it to Amazon. Amazon has some dashboard where you can upload all that stuff for the different mm -hmm. countries. Yeah. So like in, in summary, obviously, there's there's it's getting harder and there are more sort of hoops to jump through, but it sounds like there's still lots of opportunity and, and worth it for the right business, the right product. Can, can, can I say something about what you said? It's getting mm. more difficult. That's true. But if you have the mindset to make it right, if you have the opportunity to make it right, you get an advantage because mm. let's, let's, let's name them. Um, many Chinese sellers, they didn't care at all all about what's going on in Europe. Then zero. So you would have competitors yeah. with a comp competitive advantage because they did not care. And all these bad products will be removed from the marketplaces so the good products, the compliant products will survive. And if you're compliant, this is, it is an advantage for you, even though the start is harder than it was used to be yeah. in the past. So I don't think it's a disadvantage. Another example for UK, um, the, the Chinese sellers were never paying VAT. They just did not care. And then Amazon said like, mm. okay, in Germany, uh, there is well. um, then we will pay your VAT. And suddenly the prices just went up because they had to pay VAT. Because, of course, you can um, you can sell your products for a lower price if you don't need to pay 20% VAT, right? And now they have to. And now they the, the prices went up and you are, again, comp um, competitive to their prices. So it's not only yeah, yeah. a disadvantage. I think it's more advantage for the guys who do it yeah. right. Yeah, for sure, yeah. A higher barrier to entry is, is an advantage sometimes, isn't it? So, yes. um, so yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Good. Is, is there anything I haven't asked that you feel uh, is, is good to mention? Anything you want to add before we close up? I think we are. We, we covered most of it. We we could talk about it for uh, said, more, more time, but I think the, the, yeah. the, the, most, the most stuff we, we covered. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like it's a really good overview. I, I've learned lots. I feel like anybody listening that wants to sell in Europe is going to be, you know, certainly well-informed. As you say, we couldn't necessarily cover every topic in, you know, full detail no. because it's a f massive, massive topic. But it's, t I think, giving everyone the headlines of what they need to go away and, and really research. Um, if people want to find out more about Space Goats and what you do, uh, where, where's the best place to find you, Anton? Um, you can add me on LinkedIn, Anton Hermann. You can uh, f follow us on LinkedIn, Space Goats, or you can go to our website, spacecoats.io. There we explain what we actually do. All this EPR stuff is not relevant with us anymore. We can help you with product compliance. We will check your copywritings for health claims and whatever. So that's what we can all cover. And you just can focus on whatever you want to focus. And just feel free and hit us up. We are very excited about it. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll leave all of those links, etc., in the show notes in the description for everyone to check out. Uh, Anton, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. I feel yeah, real great knowledge shared there today. Thank you very much for having me. And everybody have a great start into the new year. Thank you very much. Let's go.
Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. I'm sure you got lots of value out of it. If you did, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, share it, all that good stuff. We really do appreciate it. And uh, and we'll see you in the next episode real soon.